What can I do to make God happy when I mess up? That's a question that a lot of people ask uh, of themselves, whether they call themselves a Christian or not. You might be listening and you don't really consider yourself to be a Christian, but you believe in God. And you've asked the question of the self, that really, how can I make God happy? I know I've messed up. I know I've done a few bad things. So what do I need to do? How can I make up for those and get on God's good side? Or get a, sometimes you hear, I've heard before, like get on karma's good side or get on the universe's good side. But even Christians, we can ask that question too. We, you, you might be listening and you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ and you're trusting him to get to heaven, but you still have a temptation. You still have a sin that you struggle with all the time and you fail on occasion, make that mistake and, and you feel this pressure on your shoulders. You wonder, do I need to do something to make God happy? Do I need to do something to gain God's favor? Is he displeased with me because it seems like I just can't kick this sinful habit? And that weight, that pressure on the shoulders can be very, very hard. It can be very, very heavy on people wondering if God is happy with them. And so that's what the author of Hebrews gets to in Hebrews chapter 10 verses 1 through 18. And he's talking about what do we need to do to gain God's favor and make God happy. And essentially, he says there's a one-step process to making God happy. There's a one thing and one thing only you have to do to ensure that God's happy with you. And that is this, you have to. Place your trust completely in Christ to forgive you of your sins because of what he did on the cross. That's it. You don't have to do anything else to make God happy. You don't have to have certain steps. You don't have to do different rituals. All you have to do to make God happy in you is to trust what Jesus Christ did on the cross when he died for the cross on the cross for your sins and trust him as that being the way to have forgiveness. I mean, it's awesome. And what he talks about here is he begins to picture for us what this looks like. You know, he says at the beginning in chapter 10 that the the Jewish people in the Old Testament, they had to do all these sacrifices over and over and over again. They had to do them daily, monthly, yearly. And he basically says these sacrifices were a continual reminder to them that they've sinned. They had to continually pay for that cattle. They had to continually drive, drive the animal to the temple continually offer sacrifices because they were constantly sinning and it was a weight it was a burden on them and that same weight and burden we feel in our own reminders of our sins where we feel like we have to continually do something to make up for the fact that we've sinned but he says inside verses 9 and 10 that God willed there to one day be a different way and that is by God's will, he willed that you could make permanent appeasement of God's wrath because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for our sins. That Jesus Christ would permanently pay for the sins of everyone at that point to make salvation impossible for everyone. And he says, so he says, Jesus is, right now we got to picture him and he's not like a a priest that's up there constantly having to do work to make sure that our sins are forgiven. Or he's not like some 
uh, parent that's over there with the lightning bolt ready to strike us at any moment. He says here in verses 11, 12, and 13 that Jesus acted once. He died on the cross for our sins once. So now what he's doing is he's sitting, which means Jesus is resting. His work's done. He doesn't have to keep forgiving us and keep working and and doing labor to make sure we're forgiven. Jesus' work was done. He sits now at the right hand of God. And all he has left to do is to come back again one day to make the corruptness and the sinfulness of our world to, to wipe that out and to make it right for those who place their faith in him. And so the author of Hebrews says there's several things that are true if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. And these things we have to grab onto and and cling to if we feel like, as Christians, that God um, is not pleased with us and we fear that God is going to abandon us. And, and he says, first, because Jesus offered that sacrifice, we are perfect in God's eyes. He says, for by one offering, Jesus has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, then God views you as perfect forever. He views you as being perfect, just like Jesus' life was perfect. I know that your life is not perfect, and I know that you still make mistakes, but simply through faith in Jesus Christ, God views you as perfect forever. He says that in verse 14. And then he says also that in verse 15 that God gives us the Holy Spirit to touch our hearts. You can know if you're a Christian if the Holy Spirit moves in you when you sin. One of the signs of being a Christian is when you disobey the Lord, you're convicted about it. And a sign if you're not a Christian, it, even if you've been to church, is that if you disobey what the Bible says and you don't feel guilty about it, it's probably because you don't have the Holy Spirit because you're not saved. So he says because Jesus has died for us and if we place our faith in him, God views us as perfect forever. God has given us the Holy Spirit to convict us, to teach us, to move in us. And then he says that that God has given us forgiveness forever so we don't have to offer anything else to him. He says, now where there is forgiveness of these things, there is no longer any offering for sin. In other words, God's one step to make him happy is to totally trust Jesus Christ alone and his death on the cross to forgive you of your sins. And after you've done that, you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to go back and, and keep offering something to God as a way of making him happy. You don't have to go back and keep hoping that you can do enough good things and that'll help you also make God happy. If you place your faith in Jesus Christ alone, you have made God happy. He sees you as perfect. He'll give you the Holy Spirit. And he says you're forgiven forever and there's no more need for any more sin sacrifice. That doesn't mean we don't have to follow God. That doesn't mean we don't obey the Bible. What it, it, what it does mean is we do these things not because we feel like that's how we make God happy and that's how we get forgiveness of sins, but we do these things because we're so thankful that Jesus lifts that burden off of us so we don't have to do those things in order to get to heaven. They're purely an act of love because of what he's done for us. And so as believers, we need to be celebrating and so happy. And if you struggle with that guilt as a Christian or the things you've done, cling to Jesus, look to Jesus, and trust that Jesus 
will forgive you. And if you're somebody and you've been struggling and you didn't know if you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and maybe you've said, well, I want to get my life right first and do some, do that first, and then I can make sure that Jesus will accept me. Believe me today when you say, when I say Jesus will accept you today no matter who you are. You don't have to get things right first. You don't have to straighten your life out first before you come to Jesus. Just surrender your life to him and God will forgive you. It's that easy and that simple. So it will be interesting to hear from you guys. If you are a believer, I'd love to hear you comment below just what it means and Jesus' forgiveness means to you. Or if you're interested in learning more about how to place your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, comment, Savior, comment below or email us at greensportbaptistchurch at gmail.com. Man, I'd love to answer your questions for you.